0: The biggest killer of entrepreneurship is people that quit after their first L. You think, oh, I didn't sell enough, I did whatever, I'm not cut out for this. When you have failed and done enough things like you and me, those things don't stop you anymore. It's like, all right, how do I do it better? Let me come back and let me, but so many people are stopped because they think that first L means they're not cut out for it. I've taken more L's than so many other people have tried Like, these are not businesses I started when I was 16. It was learning, 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 screwing up, screwing up. And that's how you learn.
1: empower you podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners fans subscribers and friends we talk about a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic societal and cultural perspective we believe that in tough conversations and shared wisdom we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future so subscribe to our channel rate review and let us empower you What's up, friends? If you're anything like me, you realize that eating healthy meals supercharges your productivity and gives you a clear mind so that you can solve more problems at work or in your business. Smile More Meal Prep service lets you choose from a variety of healthy food options that will fit your dietary needs while putting a smile on your face. So you can stop stressing about eating healthy throughout the week and buying lunches because Smile More Meal Prep has got your back. And if you use the promo code empower, you'll receive 15% off your order so click the link in the show notes order your healthy delicious meals relax and smile more welcome to empower you podcast my name is kid cooper and i am so glad that you are here for today's topic for our conversation for today uh, we have an excellent guest uh, who is going to provide us with A lot of really great, uh, not only perspective, but lived experience um, in regards to our topic, which is, is school necessary? Now, you know, if you've been following the show, we have been going through the process of examining and opening up dialogue around education Uh, in the United States. If you're not in the United States, this is just something you may want to think about. In the United States, there are a lot of millennials and Gen Z um, students who are looking to re-enroll in school or who are going to be going into higher ed uh, institutions. And so um, as this is happening, this trend is happening in the United States, simultaneously industries um, are completely blowing up, right? Uh, Meaning everything is changing, Everything is 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 morphing into something else. We have new jobs, new applications, new platforms that are coming out of everywhere, and the educational systems can't keep up. Um, and so, what I want to do, what I'm doing here, is giving us an opportunity to really look at this idea of education from a variety of perspectives, so that we can make informed decisions about what we do next post-pandemic um, and leading into. Um, you know, the next three, four years, right? This is not an anti-school or pro-school anything. This is a conversation about what education really is, what it looks like, and the role that it plays in our society today. The person who's gonna be speaking with us today uh, is the CEO and founder of Founders Spark, which is an organization that is dedicated to introducing um, new entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs into the business and business startup community here in Fort Wayne. Um, they've put together massive events and highlighted some of the most uh, uh, inspiring, vibrant brands here in Fort Wayne, Indiana and he's helped hundreds of students learn the fundamentals of business, the fundamentals of entrepreneurship through courses and programs that he's provided over the years. And um, I'm just really excited to have him here with us. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to bring up our guest, Aaron Robles. Aaron, how you doing, man?
0: Hey, I'm doing great. I'm so glad we get a chance to do this. I'm, I'm
1: pumped. Thank you so much for being here, man. I mean, it's 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 awesome to have uh, a moment to really just rap with you a little bit.
0: Yeah, I know every time we see each other, it's like coming and going a quick catch up and then I'll see you next time. (laughs) So it's good for us to like sit down and just and just chat.
1: Tell us a little bit about what you do um, and and, and what drives you in the entrepreneurship space. uh, And then we'll dive into the questions because yeah. We, we gotta get this background story yeah. in so that we can really move into this.
0: And, and I told you when you sent me the topic, I was like, I'm ready for this. And a major part as <laughs> to so why that's true is because of my story and background, right? So um, I'll right. give you kind of like the quick overview. Immigrant from Mexico, me and my family came okay. to the US when I was about eight months old. Um, You know, at the time, we weren't documented. We didn't, you know, know anything. We came here just to try and get a better life. The place we were from in Mexico, Juarez, a very violent place, not a good place to raise kids. So, you know, my parents came here uh, to the US at the age of five, came here to, to Fort Wayne and kind of grew up. Um, in the very traditional sense, getting acclimated to this whole new environment—you know, like my parents and I have never, never seen snow before, and you know, we only spoke Spanish. So I learned English when I was five at Fairfield Elementary School, and from there, I got super acclimated to just the American life. Um, and it wasn't until I got a little bit older, because of my lack of documentation, I realized like, oh, I can't get a driver's license. I can't get a job. Um, I can't get this scholarship that I got for school because um, it, it was too expensive and the scholarship was federally funded. So someone with my documentation wasn't able to obtain that. So like, I started running into all these different barriers and I'm lucky enough to have gone to Anthem's Career Center. It's, it's a vocational school here in Fort Wayne. And at the age of 16, that's where I learned graphic design by this like great, great teacher, um, Karen Gilley she's the one who kind of saw the value of, of my my potential and said here's all the stuff you can do with that right things that my parents just didn't yeah. know about um right. and from there I, my my journey as an entrepreneur began because as I try to go get jobs or go the traditional route I, like I wasn't able to so I became an entrepreneur because I had to because I didn't have any other way and there kind of mm. started my my career of at some point working for people, doing my own thing, learning graphic design, web design, marketing, social media, man, just learning all of these things and, and collecting knowledge and then putting it together in interesting ways, which now kind of into the present is me running three different companies, um, creating all these great opportunities, connecting and networking with people. So uh, that's just kind of like a quick background as to what I'm about and where I come from.
1: That's really interesting. So you got forced into entrepreneurship. You had like no other option because at at, at the point where you were at, you had to figure it out right yeah which you, which is where the graphic design came into play because yeah. that's what you were leveraging to to get money and mm-hmm. start pulling in jobs and stuff like that and, right
0: yeah and i asked myself if it wasn't for me going to anthos if it wasn't for me being there and meeting that person because it wasn't just like learning design it was the fact that miss gillian the other people at anthos like helped me out with opportunities that i didn't know about myself so i asked myself like if it wasn't oh, wow. for that what would i have done because you know imagine you're you're 18 years old you just graduated you can't get a driver's license you can't work i had gotten two years paid for full scholarship to the university of saint francis i was pumped went to fill out fast club realized i don't qualify for fast i don't qualify that money they said i could get i can't get it so like i can't work i can't go to school i can't drive i can't move out i can't get bills in my name i'm 19 18 full of potential like what do you do now, right? Wow. So if it wasn't for me getting those that, that training at such a young age and me having these mentors that saw me and said, let's figure something out, like there's there's no way I'd be where I'd be now. And keep in mind, I've been in the US since I was eight months old. Like if I go to Mexico, mm-hmm. it's like, what am I gonna do? I'm, I'm just as lost as everyone else because I was raised here. So it's it was such a crazy juxtaposition in my life as to like, where do I belong? I don't belong there, but I don't belong here. And what are you gonna do? and that's that's a that's crazy predicament to be in when you're 18.
1: oh yeah oh yeah and i think that's that's one that a lot of 18 year olds are finding themselves in right because um, maybe not for for um, in, in your specific case with immigration and things like that. They still don't have the tools to actually connect the dots. Yeah. Everyone points you at a university or points you at a factory job or some, you know, but that may not be what you in individually need. Ooh. And that's that's why, you know, you're talking about, you know, the instructors you had at, at Anthos. That's so critical because those people can at least point you in a direction that is specific for you not just a direction Mm. but one that's like listen Aaron would be good at this not like all y'all go fill out this paperwork not like Mm -hmm. that you know like you need to meet this person specifically so that you can start to develop these kind of relationships that's incredible so how did you go about the whole documentation process how long did that take you um what what was the next step once you started to make these connections and you're like okay All right now I can make some money that's that's helpful now what's what are what are my game plan after that
0: well and and, you know it was taking it a step at a time because once I graduated and I realized oh I can't go to st. Francis and then you just kind of start asking yourself what you're gonna do I I took a year off from school like I wasn't doing anything except just doing my design stuff just trying to figure out what I did next but um, I ended up enrolling at Ivy Tech there um, at the time because I had had some private money that was given to me for that. Um, so I, I did that for a while, but it was really taking it a step at a time. I ended up getting um, a job at a place called Darlington Holiday Warehouse and ended up working there very base level. Um, and then three, I think three years later into that job, I got promoted to marketing director. And it was crazy because like at that point I was still in school and i had my last semester and now i was paying for it out of pocket and i'm upset because like you know half the classes that i had in college had nothing to do with my major and keep in mind at this point i graduated high school certified in all the software with clients in high school with dual credits and i'm in college talking about like hey here's photoshop 101 four hour classes Uh, twice a week and you know uh, what i'm saying it killed me so when they gave me that job offer They're like look we'll promote you but you can't be in school because this is x amount of hours you need to be with us so that's kind of where i'm like all right i didn't want to make a dumb 18 year old decision to like leave leave college because i wanted to go get a job so i talked to ms karen gilley and i talked to the department chair at ivy Tech I said look here's what they're saying here's what they're offering me here's where i'm at like what do you think and i am super grateful yeah. because both of those people said you need to leave school and you need to go do that like you know and and, (laughs) and, and that's what i'm saying it's like they knew me like what you were saying earlier they weren't like nope you gotta finish it's like they're like no go do that that's gonna be way better so i left college feeling great and then when i was at darlington that's when i stopped being a graphic designer and i stopped being i started being a creative problem solver who knew design because then i learned web development there and i learned social media there and i learned all of these tools and that really opened up my world but for me the most um, educationally beneficial situation I've ever been on is boots on the ground. I don't know how to do this, but I got to figure it out. Me and Google were like this, you know, so like <laughs> that was such a shaky transition. But like once I did that, it's all history from there because from there, I worked directly with business owners and entrepreneurs. And those are the people that for me were able to teach me so much about life way more than, than, than school did for my specific story because I had that prior training right. and because I grew up in an age where where Google and YouTube were available. So I'm I'm just super grateful for <laughs> those next steps.
1: That's awesome, man. So this topic of is school necessary is kind of right up your alley because not only do you have some some schooling and, and experience with schooling, but you also understand, like you said, that, you know, a lot of education happens boots on the ground. Mm. And I think that's the main thing people get hung up on right uh and we, we discussed this a little bit earlier i said i think we avoid this topic because we don't want to fully endorse young people betting on themselves one because we worry that they're not young they're not old enough to understand what they're doing which is valid because we're all still learning no matter what age you are and you just exponentially have more or less to learn uh, so that's valid but um, if we don't encourage them to take bets on themselves, you know, and, and we encourage them to go the route of schools and institutions, hoping that the validation from that institution is going to add value to them so that others will value them and they will value themselves. I fundamentally have some challenges with that thought process. Yeah, well, um, and so that's why I think it's it's just dope that you're that you're here and that we can dive into this. man. Yeah.
0: And I mean. I, I told you, like I'm, I'm ready to jump into this because it, it's not about discrediting or saying don't do this or don't do that. I mean, because you run into the same issue, I can't go on here and tell you what to do or what not to do. The point is, you have right. to learn to figure it out on your own, right? I always say, I want my doctors going to school. (laughs) Like, you know, like I want my engineers (laughs) in college, right? And and there's certain things where education, college, you know, are absolutely necessary and absolutely beneficial. And, you know, we have to look at college as the benefits is not just the education, but the connections you can make, the people you can meet, the diversity of thought, you know, socializing with people outside of your whatever. Those are all such great benefits, but there's also so many drawbacks of like, How crazy is it that you're having a kid sign this document saying, yeah, I'm going to pay you the hundred grand back in a few years. And a month ago, they were raising their hand to go to the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) we're not, we're not teaching our kids how to think. We're not teaching our kids how to do anything. You're, you're, you're raising people in in such a structured environment that you, like you have to do well in middle school, you have to do well in high school, and then you go to college and you take out a loan, and then at some point you meet someone and then you get the job. Like the, the, the American education system was built during times where you went in and you did a job in a factory for the rest of your life. So it's like, there's training on like, listen, do the same thing every day, be inside for eight hours a day, like, obey do it like and, and we just don't work that way anymore and the technology the spike i mean right now podcasting is the most accessible there's people making millions of dollars on tiktok and youtube and there is no way that the education system is keeping up with that right um even with college so it's not necessarily saying don't go to college but currently the way that high school and college is set up it's not like at the level of where real life and and technology and the world is. So I think there's just, there's just gotta be this major reform of saying like, okay, how do we integrate into this um, teaching things? Because if you're in any technical degree, by the time you graduate four years later, what you learned year one is irrelevant because the cameras are different. The audio is different. But what <laughs> we don't teach them is like, how do you do your research? How do you find the best camera? How do you do this? How do you connect opportunities? Yeah. So education has to shift towards uh, a much more big picture how do we figure this out thing versus memorize these things yeah. because they're important because that just doesn't work anymore
1: <laughs> that's right that's right so growing up what was your what was your uh environment like like dude were your parents pretty well educated in their own uh, industries? Where Did they encourage you to go to school and things? What was your um, environment like in your home life regarding education? Yeah,
0: so I mean, I, I think for us, it was such a crazy story because, like I said, my parents were born and raised in Mexico. I mean, they were born in like 68 and things were different there. My mom got an eighth grade education and that was it. My dad got a sixth grade education and that was it. Now, there wasn't a lot of education that they or their family had so like one of the big reasons why they came to the u.s was and was in order to provide us with opportunities they never had so like my dad uh well both of my parents came here like i said you know at the time without proper documentation. They're, they're documented now, which i super grateful for. They didn't speak the language, they didn't understand the culture. And you know, at 25 years old, which I didn't realize how crazy it was till I turned 25, I'm like, man, they went to a different country with two kids not knowing anything at the age of 25. And I'll tell you that my dad busted ass for the entirety of the time we were here. Man, I can't remember more than two weeks that he went without a job, with no documentation, without knowing the language. But it was like their step up for our family was, make sure that they're safe, make sure that they have food and clothing, make sure that they're out there getting an education. So I'm here because of the huge sacrifice my parents made, not because they're like, oh, this is gonna you know, help you this way, this way, this way. They just knew there was something better. And for me, right. I take it as such a responsibility to honor that sacrifice to say, I can't sit here and be me- like mediocre. You know what I'm saying? Like I gotta really take it right. seriously. But my parents were such a huge support they always let like when I told them I'm dropping out to do this. They're like, "Let's do it." When I say, "Hey, I'm gonna start a business," let's do it. <laughs> I mean, to be quite honest, I'm 30 now and I have uh, I'm running three businesses. And up till four months ago, I was living in my mom's basement. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, as a yeah, grown man, man, I moved back with my mom because she was so supportive and. I don't think people realize how important that kind of support is and what a what a privilege it is to have parents that are so supportive because not everyone's parents are. So, you know, whenever I said, Hey, I want to do this or hey, I need to do let's do let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. So I think our immigrant status and story was a big reason why they just like they always push, push, push. And they didn't have an agenda. They didn't want me to go to a particular college. They didn't have those traditions. It was like, bro, go get smart, go get educated. You tell us. So that trust and me wanting to honor their sacrifice and them trusting me um, made a really great relationship for them to support all the crazy endeavors that I
1: had. That's really awesome, man. Uh, one of the things that, that strikes me about what you said, um, it, it, it it brings up for me your relationship with risk, Ooh. right? I think one of the, the big problems that I see, um, even in myself and others, is, is our aversion to risk. Uh, we never wanna take chances. We never want to not be 100% about the next step. And, um, you know, your parents, I mean, based off of the fact that they did immigrate here and that they did take enormous risks to go someplace they'd never gone before, just because they knew where they were, wasn't going to be acceptable. Like that amount of bravery, that amount Mm -hmm. of risk is not something a lot of people can stomach. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think even as I'm hearing your story, I'm like, that's because growing up you were accustomed to having to take risks you were accustomed to having to make the brave unknown decision and every time they saw that in you they were like absolutely absolutely you're living proof that this these risks do pay off so yeah go do it yeah go go after it i think that's amazing man for some of us you know your home environment can be very sticky right nobody wants to venture out too far because you know of whatever maybe it's your environment maybe it's trauma maybe it's just Mm -hmm. uh traditional things that your family does and i think it's really powerful that um your parents uh are so brave and instilled that bravery and risk-taking in you because everything you talk about sounds like risk oh my god it sounds like a good success story to other people when i hear yeah. it i'm like bro yeah you're taking some major risks
0: yeah and and you know part of it is you're absolutely right it was watching my parents and, and realizing that like look that's just like our, our our hand you know what i'm saying like we can't not take risks yeah. so like part of it was seeing yeah. my parents do it and then seeing the fruition of it but then the other part is i didn't really have a choice Like a lot of people that make these risky whatevers or do these crazy things, to a certain degree, they don't really have a choice. It wasn't like, I should be an entrepreneur. I would rather that than have a job. No, I can't get a job. No, I can't go to school. (laughs) So it's like when I, at at that point, again, going back to the point where I'm 18, trying to figure out what I'm gonna do because I feel like my hands are tied. I'm over here like what? Like the only other option is quit, and What does that look like, not doing anything? So at that point, it's kind of like, all right, well, I guess we're gonna jump in. But you know, part of it was like, you learn to swim when you get thrown in the deep end and you don't have another choice but to swim. So me having those experiences (laughs) in my life made me much more comfortable with risk because that was kind of how I had to do things. And then you start seeing it pay off and you're like, okay, it's not that bad and and, and you can do it. So that was such an instrumental part and Kind of a, a, an, an interesting story because these things don't stay with you. Like you have to exercise them, right? Um, Two thousand twelve, Obama enacted DACA, so that gave me and over eight hundred thousand people who came here and documented as minors the ability to to work and and drive and do a few other things temporarily as as a safe haven until Congress passed uh, an actual path. To citizenship. So that for me changed everything because now I could legally drive now I could legally work. Now I could, you know, move out and now I could do things. And I I'll never forget that for a short while I left, I, I left Darlington, I had grown, I did everything I could do there. Um, and I went to work at an ad agency and I went to work at the ad agency for the first time with like proper documentation. And it was kind of like 16 year old Aaron's <laughs> dream, right? Like I wanna work at an ad agency and do this and that. And I made more money than I'd ever made. I had um, and I had the benefits, I had all this. And long story short, I was only, only there for like nine months. Like it ended up not working out for a handful of reasons, but I was making so much money and I got so comfortable I stopped doing anything. I went to work, I did my job, I cashed my check, I came home. I I messed around on the weekends, I went out with my girl. And then then when I got laid off, I'm just like, you got comfortable. I didn't have any money. I had to move out and I'm just like, man, I should have been out there shopping my own clients. I should have been using that steady income to go build my thing. But keep in mind, man, I've been busting ass for all my life. So for me to feel like I belong for the first time, to have an office job, to have benefits, to have like the American dream, I was like, I deserve to chill for a little bit. You know, and I was was paying my debt off. I was being responsible. But once that opportunity went away, I got caught with my pants down. And I'm like, man, what am I gonna do? And that's when I just said, I was like, I'm I'm never, I'm I'm never allowing myself to just coast again because I could have like really used that opportunity to do great things. And I figured it out and I made it work, but it was a lot harder because I, because I got comfortable because I wasn't taking risks anymore. I wasn't trying to figure out how do I diversify my income streams? How do I use this money to go invest in other things? And you know, that was 25 year old mistake that I'm like okay never again never again and now I'm over here working on foreign income streams working on number five because I'm never going to get caught in that situation but that's life. you learn you grow up and you know what I'm saying so it's crazy
1: yeah Yeah, man so what's the earliest thing you ever wanted to be can you remember that like the earliest thing Aaron wanted to be
0: (sighs) an artist You know, I I didn't know, I didn't know graphic design existed until I went to Okay, but like I was always Uh, drawing, you know, young me and my brother watching Dragon Ball Z, I'm drawing all the characters, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Just like spending hours. So once graphic design came into my life, I think that solidified. It was like, oh, I can make money doing designs on a computer. I didn't know that was a thing. And I was naturally pretty good at it because I was always an artistic person. So yeah. from when I was young, I wanted to be an artist. I didn't know what kind. And I think this is one of those few stories of like where I knew more or less what I wanted to do. And I got the opportunity to learn and take that up from a very early age. So I, I say I'm 30 now, I've been a graphic designer for 14 years. That's nuts to have a career <laughs> that long- That's awesome, At the dude. age of 30, you know, but so that's why I say I'm, I'm super grateful but all these things came from Karen Gilley to Anthes to my supportive parents, to me, just naturally being an artist. And also I think something important is, is there were, the, the baseline of expectations for my parents was like zero. It wasn't like, we want you to be a lawyer like your dad. <laughs> it wasn't, we want you to go to this, like, they're like, what do you want to yeah. do, right? Cause we came here kind of fresh. Yeah. So that ability gave me so much freedom to be like, okay i guess i'm gonna be an artist right i didn't have parents like no you need to be an accountant so super happy about it but yeah (laughs) always wanted to be creative always wanted to do something along those lines
1: yeah and you know i think creativity um is a is a is a really big component to problem solving and problem solving is the key to entrepreneurship and um I just think, you know, a lot I'm listening to your story and there's a lot of things. I'm just like, oh, yeah, absolutely. That makes that makes so much sense yeah. um, for you all who are listening um, and who are thinking through, you know, as, as Aaron and I are talking. When you think about opportunities in your life where you can take risks, I want you to think about opportunities in your life where maybe you've been playing it safe. And this is not to make you feel any kind of way about it. Um, just want you to be aware of it and start bringing into your awareness when you are constantly playing it safe and the results that it's getting you. Um, because there are, there is validation in playing it safe, but there may not be um, the rewards that you're looking for. There may not be the growth that you're looking for. There may not be the opportunities you're looking for in playing it safe. And so um, I don't want you to be listening to this interview and be like, you know, want to go set your life on fire. Mm-hmm. No, just mm-hmm. start... Entering into your awareness, what it looks like for you when you're playing it safe, yeah. and and what the reoccurring options and and uh, situations that come from that. Um, so, Aaron, what what personally do you feel like was uh, the biggest barrier for you becoming um, a great entrepreneur, becoming? Thanks for listening to empower you podcast. I want to take a second and tell you about a service I've been using that has literally changed my life. Akita Ricks, the founder of SawyerScore.com, helped me erase negative items on my credit score, provided me a clear path to improving my credit and raised my score by hundred points in the first 90 days. Like, whoa, the best part about all of this is all I had to do was follow instructions. Now, if you're like me and you need a credit bestie, you need to click the link below and schedule your absolutely free discovery call today. Tell them kid boy sent you. A, uh, a terrific leader, becoming a business owner, uh, because what I know about business is that 80% of it is inside mm-hmm. and 20% is all the application and processes yeah. that bring it to fruition. And so If you scroll through Instagram and Facebook, you'll see a lot of people pitching systems to you. But the system is only an extension of you. Mm -hmm. If you aren't the thing, it's going to be difficult for you to constantly convince others that you are the thing. Mm. Um, And so that's why I say personally, because you could say oh, I met this person or Mm -hmm, no, 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 mm -hmm. personally, something you had to overcome that you started to see things click for you when you did.
0: I mean, it's one of those things that's like, it's an ever going thing. So like, I'm still dealing with this today and it's giving yourself the permission to just do it. Like, that's really it. You've Mm got to give yourself that permission, you know? I'm, I'm sure that the first time that you said, hey, let's do a podcast, you there were a lot of questions, right? I mean, you've learned so much along the way. Some of the companies I've built, like Founders Spark, like I made up that. Job. I made up like, oh, let's do this and this and this. But it's like when you doubt yourself, when you're like, and I, you know, keep in mind as a 16 year old, 17 year old graphic designer, and my job at Darlington being a 19 year old marketing director, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I'm in the room with people who've been doing that job longer than I've been alive. You know what I'm saying? And I'm over here and literally just like Googled my way into this job, and you feel like you don't know what you're doing. Right. So it's like, there's this like mental separation whether it's because you're young going into the workforce for the first time whether you're someone who's used to having a nine to five that is entering in the, into the entrepreneurship world that's never done it or you're in another industry whenever you're new or green to something you feel as if like everyone here has it figured out has all the answers and you're the only one who's lost and, and confused mm. and what i learned once i started going out there as a graphic designer. Again, the greatest benefit is I worked exclusively with small business owners, logos, websites, things like that. I realized some of the people who have been around running businesses that we all know and hear about don't know what they're doing either. You know, like we're all at every level. just like, damn, like, what do I do? Damn, what do I do? And I'm so grateful that I got to see (laughs) so many people from so many different levels figuring it out, making it up on their own, failing. Like I got to see so much of that. I'm like, damn, it doesn't matter whether you're 50 or 20. Like we're all learning, right? You get really good at this part of your thing, you go up to that next level, you're starting from new again. Now you have to learn how to do all this stuff for the first time. So one of the biggest things that I saw is the people who had the most success were not the ones who knew the most. They were the ones who just did it, right? And understanding you are allowed to screw up without one bad decision isn't gonna sink your ship. And that's why I tell early entrepreneurs specifically, so many like they wanna make the perfect choice. You can't, it doesn't matter. As long as you're standing still, you're losing. So mitigate your risks. And sometimes it's not about a good or a bad decision. It's about a good and a better one. One's gonna be slightly better. To a sudden degree, it doesn't matter anymore. Make a choice, move forward. And if you gotta change that decision later, then do it. But allowing yourself the permission to do it, not wondering, well, what do I know about vlogging or podcasting or this? You don't have to know anything, you just gotta do it. So once you unlock that, you are going to open up a world where you are open to trying things you don't understand things you don't know about and then you're going to look back and say man i wish i would have done this five years ago instead of when i did it now so getting started and giving yourself the permission to do something you know nothing about is the biggest thing that's going to get you far in life no matter whether you have a job you're doing your own thing or anything you just got to say why not me
1: yeah why not me that's a great question Um, to be asking yourself as you are thinking through this episode listening why not me Mm -hmm. you know and um that's something you got to continue to ask yourself
0: every single time because i'm still to this level dealing with that
1: like you go into all these new situations
0: the confidence doesn't stick there you got to train it you got to ask yourself and be intentional with that mindset every step of the way
1: absolutely one of the things you said was the people who make the biggest impact are not the ones who know the most. It's the ones who take action repeatedly. And that to me is like a bar. And I hope you all who are listening are, are grasping that fully. It is not about knowing the most. It's just about taking action. Another thing that you said that was really, really great was that it's not really a decision of good or bad. It's a decision of good or slightly better. Um, I made a post the other day and I said, you know, entrepreneurship and even success is generally a game of inches. It's not a game of long distances. It's just a game of continually winning inches. Um, And when you continue to do that over time, you know, you got a foot, you got three feet, you got six feet. But if you're just waiting on that one big step, it's just not going to happen. And and you're not even in a position To see a big step, if you haven't won enough inches, Mm -hmm. you know, because then you can't really discern it. You know, Um, that's those are those are absolutely great. Do you think it's necessary for Gen Z uh, and Millennial students to go to school? I mean, again, just to clarify, we're not dissing people going to school but this is a conversation i want us all to be having yeah especially as industries continue to change you can't be a tiktok expert TikTok, tiktok's been around like two years who's an expert mm-hmm. at tiktok they know what's working for them yeah you know some of these industries are super fresh mm-hmm. and but they're hugely monumental if you understand how to use them yeah. and so that's why i ask you know do you think it's necessary yeah for Gen Z or millennials to be going back to school or getting into college um in this day and age. Yeah. So there's a few
0: layers to this. Like number 1, you have to ask yourself, what do I want to do? Like what brings me joy? And I'll I'll give the example of when I was young, I wanted to be a graphic designer and that was my vision to be a graphic designer to sit and work at an ad agency. Now, those that that goal was so out of line because I didn't realize what I liked. I don't like being a cog in a wheel. I like creative, I love solving <laughs> problems. And that industry wasn't it. And it's like, when you put your your vision on a singular thing like that, you miss out on all these other opportunities that may be better for you, That you're just like, well, no, that's not the goal, right? So for me, I had to say, no, I wanna make an impact on the people that i'm working with like that that now is my vision and now that opens me up to all the different ways i can make an impact whether that's a podcast yeah. whether that's coaching whether that's being a graphic designer so number one you have to find out what do you want to do right and it may be influencing people it may be helping people like keep it gen- because that's going to open up all these opportunities the things you didn't know the second thing of like going to college i think right now once you figure some of those things out you have to before you go into college for anything you got to start testing it out you want to be a youtube guy you want to get into audio engineer go find someone like literally anyone who comes to me and says i want to be a graphic designer take me out to lunch i will tell you everything i know i have two uh two interns right now who are just like learning and i'm i'm giving them the whole background but that does two things number one it lets you understand the reality of it versus a brochure for college that says be a designer it's fun and great no when you when you hear (laughs) about the the work it takes to be an entrepreneur the work it takes to host a podcast that's what's going to give you the real knowledge right and you're able to to talk to you, you're able to talk to me, you're able to YouTube and, and do a lot of research on your own. And depending on the industry you're in, it, it may not be necessary. I became a professional photographer for five years, co-running a business, and I started as an intern. I literally just said, hey, let me carry your stuff. I'll set up, I'll tear down, teach me how to do it. I'll do it for free. I wasn't worried about money at all. I just said, teach me. Two years later, I'm shooting with, with, with Barb. Three years in, I'm co-running the company with her. So it's like, I think that if you're looking at anything that has to do with fine arts or creativity or whatever, and this is the one I can speak about personally, go YouTube it, go find people and, and mentor and have them mentor you for free. Go do all of those things for a year or two and then if you feel like you need to go to school, then go to school. But I, my general advice, anything in the fine arts or creative industry, you're going to have a better time working with people doing it. And you'll either work for free or work for a little bit of money, which is way better than paying $20,000 a semester, you know, and if you do want to go to school, fine, but don't go to for, for photography, go for business. Right, because whatever you're learning to do, if you learn how to make a business out of it, you're gonna have the greatest level of success. And I can't tell you how many designers or whatever people I meet that are super great at their craft, but don't know how to capitalize on it. And then you end up working at a job that's paying you crap because you don't have anything else. If you got a camera and know how to make money with that camera, you don't need college. I'm so grateful because I don't have any college (laughs) debt, and I was a marketing director at 19, making it up as I go. And it's kind of like that's what I still got friends over here paying college debt that for degrees they never used. So I would say go out into the real world, experiment, learn, connect with the community, and opportunities out there. There's so many creatives I know that would in a heartbeat take an intern who is curious and willing to do hard work, and you're gonna learn way more from them than a college professor who hasn't been in the industry either ever or for the last 15 years and he's training you to be in a mid-level whatever go out there and explore and once you do that you're gonna find what's best for you cool i'm gonna go out here learn how to do this out here and then go here take online classes or go to my local community college and learn business stuff and it's not gonna cost me an arm and a leg and the stuff i'm learning here is gonna make more money than i'm you know what i'm saying you have to figure out your own plan but i think if you're blindly saying, I need to go to college because it's what my parents said, because it's who, what um, these other people say or because I don't know what to do, you're not going to have a good time and it's going to be a very, very expensive experiment. So I encourage people to take a gap year, one year, two year, start exploring. go do ton of stuff. It doesn't cost you anything. If anything, you learn a few yeah. things, you meet a few people and you make some money, but we have to be more exploratory yeah. to figure out what works for us.
1: And one of the things that you said, um, first you said so many good things, but I want to highlight a couple things mm-hmm. because you went by them so quick, man. You were like getting it, which <laughs> damn, I think damn, is damn. amazing. Uh I wanna back back, you know, our listeners and even myself up. Like one of the things that you said, which was really important, you said even if you work for free for somebody um it costs you less than going to school for something that you ultimately don't really know what you're doing with right so think about that you could absolutely go volunteer some of your time for somebody um and you'll learn the same kind of fundamentals potentially that you would learn in a class where you're paying ten thousands of dollars yeah and it's a lot less committed
0: like once you start the degree you got to finish it and you're not getting into the industry stuff until year two or three. So you're year two in, you've done all this schooling, and you're like, oh, I don't like audio engineering. What do you do there? If you go spend a month, three months, six months in audio engineering <laughs> doing it, even though if you don't know what you're doing, just learning about it and seeing where people spend right. their time, you're going to be like, I don't want to do that. And what that cost you? Like three or six months of you realizing you didn't want to do it versus now I'm three years in and what am I going to do? So it's a lot right, less right. Of, a, of, of a risk to to do that than to jump straight into, nope, I definitely want to do it, even though I don't know what it takes. I don't know anyone who does it. And I don't know what it's actually like. It's, it's crazy.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Another thing that you said was find somebody to to mentor you. Um, one of the things that I want to bring up is is, is when you are dealing with with entrepreneurs or business owners in fine arts some of them are not good teachers mm-hmm. they're very good at their craft mm-hmm. they're not good teachers and so as you are assessing what you're going to do and who you're going to work with you really need to work with someone who identifies with your values don't just pick the dude with a hundred or however many he likes pick somebody who you personally resonate with because more times than not your identity and the kind of human being that you are that you were raised to be maybe that culturally you have been uh uh, groomed to be it's going to be a better fit for you guys to work together which takes a lot of pressure off of them because automatically you guys are able to mesh better so they can talk to you differently and they can really start to help you learn if you're just going after the first person you could find yourself in an environment with somebody who is not at all your type of human being trying to teach you something you don't know anything about at a pace that you may not be able to keep up with. So understanding that like, I want to intern with somebody like Aaron or like Kibway, not because of what we've done. Well, yeah, because of what we've done, but because of the type of human being that they are. Mm -hmm. And I would like to learn from that type of human being, not because you do the big events, Someone else could do a big event and they would not be the right person right. for you. So understanding the kind of human being you want to be around is very, very critical. Uh and and to go further to your point, when you go to school, you have no, yeah, no choice mm-hmm. but to take whoever they give you. Yeah. So you could have an instructor who doesn't understand you, doesn't understand your learning style, and your pace of learning, and they don't care. Mm. There's sixty other students who they're trying to take care of as well right and so you just got to deal with it
0: yeah and I, i love i love that point that that you made because it's one of those things that's like people don't think about that you have to look at yourself and say what kind of life do I want to like close your eyes and say what is okay I'm interested in photography what does that look like for you what does that morning look like for you what does your day look like what does your evening look like I've met people that are in the same industries that some are workaholics are working all the time they're busting ass you know the whole gary B mentality that I have others who are chill and <laughs> they're doing this so they don't have to work that much and they're streamlining and hiring other people and they're not doing you know you have to decide which one of those you want to be and it's not a right and a wrong way there's a lot of ways to build a business. Business, a lot of ways to make a million dollars. How do you want to do it? What is the way that you Absolutely. want to do it, right? And it's like energy is such a real thing of like who you vibe with and who you're hanging out with. Yes. They're teaching you those things. So it's like one of the most important things I can tell anyone, especially, you know, Gen Z and younger, the best thing you can do is learn about yourself. A lot of us don't know about ourselves especially at that age why because we've been told what to wear because we've been told how to how to learn like it's everyone telling you what to do all the time so at a certain degree you go to school you do whatever and you're like am i doing this for me or am i doing this because this is what i've been conditioned to do so once you learn who you are what you want to do the way you want to do it you're going to start finding some of those circles and it's beautiful when like have you ever like met with someone and clicked and instantly you're just like you're my type like mm. you're you're my
1: yeah, bro. once you surround yourself yes, by
0: all of those people life changes yes sir so learn yep. learn who you yep. are and then you start to attract things that's like oh i want chill friends oh i want really inspiring whatever oh i want people who work really hard or you meet different people in your life and you get a chill person and a high person and a workaholic and a super whatever and then you get that, that that sampler of like, ooh, I love this about them. Yeah. And that's what I love about yeah. all the people I've met because there's such inherent benefit as to how they do things. And the more I see things Absolutely. that I like about them, I learn more about me. So it's it's awesome.
1: And comfortability is a big thing, right? When you get around environments that make you feel comfortable, that make you feel um, challenged, mm-hmm. that. You vibe with the human beings that are there, and they understand where you're coming from. They can see your trauma. They can see things that you are probably going to be dealing with. Yeah, um, it's a, it's a completely different ball game because again, that that it's the you that has to get better mm. because the better you get at providing what you're good at. You know, that comes out in your confidence. It comes out in the work that you do. It comes out in the way that you talk to clients, the way you show up online, uh, the things you say, the people who you meet and connect with. It all starts because you're going to become the thing. And if you're trying to be somebody who doesn't really resonate with you energetically or just with your personality in general, you're going to have a real weird disconnect. You're not going to be very happy. You can burn yourself out on something you really love because you're not going about it the right way.
0: Something that a lot of people need to get used to that they may not be used to is you have to set intention and you have to take control. Because we are raised in in schooling of like you listen and people are gonna tell you what to do next. With the mentor thing, a lot of people I know go to mentors and like, you tell me. I'm like, no, I need you to tell me what you're trying to get out of this. I'm trying, I need you to tell me what success looks like. They're coming to me and saying like, help me. To do what? You know what I'm saying? So it's like you have to learn. (laughs) If if, if you're going to go into a mentor and say, help me. I need to know what you've done. I need to know what you want to do. I want to know, like, like, give me the thing and you can go to many people and they're just going to teach you what they think you want to learn based on what they want or what their values are. So once you understand, no, here's my direction and here's what I'm trying to do. You go to a mentor and you say. Here's what I need to learn. Here's what I'm good at. Here's what I'm not good at. Here's where you can benefit me. That intentionality is going to make the most because otherwise you're going to other people and having them set the direction for you. Mentorship is not for someone Mm -hmm. to tell you which direction your life should be in. Mentorship is someone to bounce ideas from, but you have to have that direction. So anyone who's looking at mentorship or or talking to anyone, you got to know, you got to tell me the direction of the ship. I'm gonna help you get there. Or I'm gonna tell you, ah, That's go a little right. bit to the left. left. But people coming to me are like, all right, help me become whatever. What? I don't I don't know. So <laughs> help a me lot of people just aren't used whatever. to that. So you have to come in, tell me what you want, tell me what you need, tell me where you're trying to go. Once you have that clarity, it's so much easier to know who and what is worth your time and what isn't.
1: Absolutely. And again, you know, understanding who and is and who, and what is worth your time is really huge. Um, One of the things that I have learned, um, especially this last year, is identify who you wanna work with. You don't wanna work with everybody. No. Could you work with everybody? Sure, absolutely. But do you? Why? If you could make a bag just working with one type of person, who would it be? Just ask yourself that question. Yeah. And if you don't know, if you're just like, well, I don't know, I've kind of worked with a couple different kinds of people and it all went pretty well, just pick one. Try that for a second. Yeah. Like a month, a year. Just, just try that. Because again, you're talking about inches here. You're talking about good and better. You're not talking about life and death. You're not talking about you know, uh, uh, uh win or fail. Because all of this is just uh, a continuum, right? We're all gonna fail at something. Uh, Aaron, one of the things I want to ask you, which is kind of a burning question for me, do you think? what has been the most helpful for you learning or unlearning Ooh, that's that's a tough one um i, I think
0: it's definitely on un, unlearning because you know learning it comes it goes it, it changes whatever but when i go back to that thing i said where it's like you have to know about yourself like i i, I have to unblock myself right i have to we talked about it earlier about that mindset I have to realize Mm -hmm. what my thought patterns are and learning to change those. Like if I want to have a certain level of success, I got to be more bold. I got to take more chances. I have to be okay Rising up a few levels and not doing that as much as well as I do down here. Like if you want success or if you want to get to whatever you're trying to get to, you have to change your thought patterns to, to, to be at that wavelength. And that means unlearning, you know, I like one of One of those situations where you're going in there and I'm pitching someone and it's like oh they said yes and they're going to give me the biggest check I've gotten to date you can't go in there without you can't go in there with those things so like taking a look into myself and being like what am I doing to get in my own way because like I said I mean most of the time it's us getting in our own way most of the time it's me not taking opportunities so understanding myself and then undoing those trauma responses, undoing those beliefs that I had that like you have to stop and ask yourself, is this real or is this just what I've been telling myself for the last three years? So like, I'm still always actively saying it's like, all right, Aaron, stop being a perfectionist. It doesn't help you. You don't do anything when you're a perfectionist. Okay, Aaron, stop talking, stop acting like you know what they're thinking because you don't. I'm over here saying, oh, they're mad. How do you know? You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> like, we all have these internal stories and things we tell each other. And yeah. I call myself a, a recovering people pleaser. I'm a recovering perfectionist because I was raised in a certain way. where was like, I had to represent immigrants. I had to represent the first generation of my family here. I have to represent You know being a young designer who like has to assert the fact he belongs in the room i've had all these reasons to try and always have to perform here that now even as an adult i'm like if it's not perfect i can't do it and i'm like i've been working Mm. so hard to undo that because you don't get into the next opportunity, the learning, the all of that, if you're wanting to do it perfectly. So learning who you yeah. are, and then undoing all those things that are stopping you is going to be the biggest thing you can learn whatever, whenever whoever, it doesn't matter. If those things that are blocking you are never looked into, and, and, and done like undone, you're going to struggle and no one can tell you those things except for you. Some people may be able to notice yeah. it. But you don't you're like, you got to look into you and be like, Yep, That's the kind of person I am. Like for me, one of the biggest thing is I'm, I'm, I'm scarcity mindset. When it comes to money. I was raised with not a lot of money. If I, I get agree. money, I'm, I'm keeping that check. I'm putting it away. Money doesn't help you if it's just sitting in the bank. But for me, it, it's such an important thing. Oh, and with my girl, she's so like opposite of mine where she's like, yeah, let's spend it. Let's do this. Let's do that. So that's been me getting out of my shell and saying, okay, When you invest the money, when you're not scared of like, oh, if I spend it, I'm gonna be broke. Like the money starts working for you, you start making. So it's surrounding myself also with those people that are strong in the places where I'm weak and keeping them around. So you don't have
1: to do that it alone. It helps you unlearn. Yeah, for sure. And that helps you unlearn mm-hmm. because when you're around somebody who has unlearned something already and you're struggling with that and they can continue to remind you, yo, like, and they may not even understand that's what they're doing right. for you. Um, but this is where to even take us back to getting an apprenticeship uh, volunteering or whatever with somebody who you really resonate with, this is the kind of stuff that's going to happen. You'll be around someone who's so much stronger in a certain area, it just continues to encourage you to get better. And for you, it's your spouse who's just like, yo, we're not, no, we're not going to hoard and and haul our little, you know, mm-hmm. squirrel mm-hmm. nuts together. We're not going to do none of that. We're going to continue to reinvest and continue to sow into other things so that these, we can reap the benefits. You know, the the universal principle of sowing and reaping is huge and it happens whether you want it or not if you're sowing lack by being so afraid to do anything you're absolutely going to have less opportunities because that's what you've sown and you're going to have less opportunities in abundance and if you sow into things because you know this is what I'm doing, this is what I wanna be doing, I'm not going to allow these resources to to reach me without helping other people, without um, investing in myself. Those, that same opportunity, those same monies are gonna come back Mm -hmm. in abundance Mm -hmm. because you're doing the right thing with it.
0: It's super crazy because when you are new, when you're green, whether it's age, whether it's industry, whatever it is, like you don't know those things. You don't know how things flow, you're learning. So I always say like the biggest killer of entrepreneurship is people that quit after their first L. You think, oh, I didn't sell enough. I did whatever. I'm not cut out for this. When you have failed and done enough things like you and me, those things don't stop you anymore. It's like, all right, how do I do it better? Let me come back and let me... So many people are stopped because they think that first L means they're not cut out for it. And like I've taken yeah. more L's and so many other people have tried and that's like, this is not yes, like man. these are not businesses I started <laughs> when I was 16. It was learning, 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 screwing up, screwing up. And that's how you learn. But like so many people are so green, they don't know how it goes. And I think a lot of the basis of what we're talking about when it comes to education, um, for me, it's kind of like individualization, figure out what works for you. So that's why having that network of people that First off, you understanding yourself allows you to understand who you need in your life. I need industry professionals that can guide me into this career I'm interested in. I got people that like aren't scared of risk, I am. So hanging around them and hearing them talk helps me feel better. Like you start to build your delegation and your team around the things you wanna do, the things you wanna get rid of, the things you wanna learn. You do all of that and it is so absolutely critical because if you hang out with 10 entrepreneurs and you're just getting started, that first L is not going to hit as hard as it would if you were alone because you're not in your mind saying, I knew I." Sh-. they're going to be like, oh, man, I failed 10 times worse the first time I did it. And they're going to help you course correct. But that's why having a team, the right team is so important. And that's something I learned from such a young age. The best advice I ever got from Karen Gilly was build your network. And I can tell you yeah. that the best opportunities, the best learning, the best growing all happens with your connections those jobs aren't on indeed those opportunities though you know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who needs something you're that person that's what it is so it's super important to build people around you stop telling yourself what you can or cannot do in an industry or in a field that you know nothing about talk to a million people and say here's what I want to do what do you think they're going to be like oh for sure or they're going to be like here's how so having that external um, um, help is going to help you so much. Don't do it alone.
1: Yeah, which is what you do with Founder Spark, right? You, you introduce these these young and aspiring entrepreneurs into an environment where they can get the mentorship and the help and the resources so that they're not just out trying to figure it out all completely alone, right?
0: Right. It's 100 percent. I'm You know, I spent my whole life, like I said, um, with hardships, with doors that were closed. And it was other people who saw and recognized and were like, hey, this guy needs a logo. Hey, I know someone who and that built up my career to where it is now. So for me, you know, when I started Founders Spark, I was like, how can I give back? How can I have a room full of people that can benefit one another? And like the our, the, the first thing we did is we bought pizza. We bought drinks over at um, over at the atrium, the co working space downtown and like 16 people showed up and it was cool. Like they had a good time. So I'm like, let's do it again. By the end of that year, we increased the format to where I was interviewing people because it was like, Hey, we don't want this to be like 12, 15, 20 people that are all lost and all new, just being lost together. How do we make sure they're getting something out of it? (laughs) So I started interviewing all these kind of higher profile experienced people in front of an audience. And that was so beneficial. Um, and we did it with this like lens of like rawness. Like, I'm not talking, you know, to Bo from Bravas about like every highlight he's done. I'm not talking to Theopolis Smith about like every, like he's telling me how much he struggled. both telling me the hardships he had because when we share the hardships, we're not over here like, oh, he did it, but he had A, B, C, and D, and I don't have any of that. You get to listen to this incredible success say, here's all the crap that I had to eat up until that point. And there's people in the audience who's like, That's what I'm dealing with. It becomes much more relatable. And the networking, the connecting afterwards isn't like, yeah, my name is whatever and I'm good at what I do. And it's a bunch of people just pretending to know more than they know. The conversations Mm. afterwards are like, look, man, I'm struggling with that too. I doubt myself every day. When we as entrepreneurs, as creators, as hustlers, as whatever, connect with each other and say, I feel scared, I'm feeling lost, I'm whatever, that's a totally different experience where the actual help comes in. And that's why I say mentorship is not, multi-million dollar whatever and a green person it's literally if i know marketing and you know finance and we get a beer together in exchange that's mentorship if we get together on a yeah. weekend and just have a drink because it was a tough week for the both of us that's mentorship and that's what we need if we're able to be honest raw and connect with each other on a real human level you're going to find out you're not alone and you're going to get so much more benefit than trying to pretend like you have it all figured out so that's really the basis of founder
1: I want to ask you one more question Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll go into our thought exercise. Let's do it. okay? So, for you, what do you think is the most beneficial um, aspect of this conversation that you want our audience to walk away with? If they remember anything about this, whether it's the fact that they need to start being more aware when they're playing it safe and they're running away from risk, whether it's Uh, When they are uh, trying to figure out, you know, what kind of community to grow around themselves, uh, whether it's the the idea that knowing yourself helps you be better at whatever it is that you want to do. Like, what do you want our listeners to walk away with? Yeah,
0: I mean, we've talked about a lot of things. And here's the thing. None of that matters if you don't master this thing right here. Stop relying on other people to make the plan for you. Stop expecting other people to know what needs to happen in your life. You have to be the architect of your life. You have to decide what you wanna do. And it's, it's hard, you know, like, I'm not gonna say it's easy. A lot of us have parents with expectations. A lot of us have partners with expectations. A lot of us have other people, or we've been conditioned our whole life, other people telling us what to do and what's good for us. And some of us just get so tuned into that. But whether it comes to college, switching careers, becoming an entrepreneur, whatever it is, stop, seeking validation or or a direction from other people. You have to say, I'm gonna plot a course. I understand my course may be wrong, but I'm plotting it. And then from there, you course correct, but stop putting your life in the hands of other people. Don't figure out if you're Mm -hmm. gonna go to college based on other people. You have to know what you wanna do. If you wanna go to college, let that be your decision. If you wanna start a business, let that be your decision. Once you start taking ownership, you stop um, blaming other people and you start taking accountability in your own life. All right, I'm in this situation. How did I get myself in the situation and how can okay. I get myself out? Because the day you say it was their fault, they did this, you're giving them the power and you're taking away the power from you. You can't get yourself out of a situation someone else put you in, but you can get yourself okay. out of a situation you put yourself in. So make the plan take the responsibility for your life take that extreme accountability and say no matter who's in your life no matter what your educational route is no matter what your career is make sure that that is your decision and not someone else's decision and you're gonna piss people off and that's okay because at the end of the day they don't have to go to bed with the decisions you made you do so take ownership about that and your life is going to change
1: wow man that is so good you know and and the thing that i thought about when you were saying that was Uh, Taking ownership, Mm. uh, taking responsibility, Mm. all of these things are risky decisions. Mm And when you take ownership for something, you're you're risking that everyone's going to be upset with you. Mm-hmm. You take ownership of something, you're risking that you may have just seriously disappointed yourself. Yeah. When you take ownership, you're risking your self-esteem and mm-hmm. things like that. But it's through that that teaches you not to make those decisions anymore. It teaches you not to uh, leave the back door open and uh, mm-hmm. so your dog runs out into the street. Mm-hmm. It teaches it teaches you how to 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 navigate the risk that you're trying to avoid yeah. because when you take responsibility for it, you, know, you said another thing that was just so, you said you can't get yourself out of a situation someone else puts you mm-hmm. in, but you can get yourself out of something that you understand where you messed up. It's a
0: mental thing. It's such a mental thing for people. And that's what I'm saying. You have to switch it. You got to say, I'm in the situations I'm in good, bad, or ugly because of decisions I made. Once you do that, you are the master of your own life. I mean, here's here's what it comes down to. I'm a firm believer. I got a solid 75, 80 years on this earth. You know, I don't know why we're here. I don't know what we're supposed to do, but why would I wanna live that experience doing what someone else wants me to do? For what? For why? You know what I'm saying? I have built, like I'll sit there and I'm like, man, how am i living this life like how am i it's incredible when i look at my relationships when i look at my work when i look at like all the things i get to do i'm like how did i do this there is no game plan like no one would have put me in this position if you do the default if you do what everyone else wants you to do you're always going to go under (laughs) your potential i'm like you know what no i deserve this kind of relationship i deserve this kind of woman in my life i deserve this kind of money coming in doing something i love i deserve and then you fight you fight 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 and there's people that are going to tell you no, you can't. No, that's not possible. Spark was built from my idea of let's help other people. There was no job opening for a Founderspark. I had to build it out of my own imagination. And at this point, mm. I'm living one of the best lives I could even imagine. Now I'm over here dreaming even bigger. But if you ask for permission that's and right. if you try and follow a blueprint that already exists, it's not going to work because you are not born to follow a blueprint. You are born to create a life around who you are. So stop focusing on centering yourself around other things and have things centered around you. But that means you have to take control. You have to take accountability and responsibility, but we can all have the life we want to live. It's not gonna be easy, but man, I'd rather be busting ass building my ideal life than busting ass doing something I'm absolutely miserable with.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. This is amazing. There's so much in here, man. I'm gonna man. We could talk for like eight hours, Many, many you know? Times. I know, bro. We gotta connect off screen it. Listen, before you go, um, I want to get a thought exercise from you, man. I know we're we're hitting time. Uh, if you got like ten minutes. Let's get a thought exercise in because right now, if you're anything like me, your head is swimming and you're like, oh, my God, what do I do? What do I need? What what do I need to do now? What do I need to do today? That's why we do thought exercises, because that's that that implementation, something you can start doing right now is what's gonna seal in the rest of the things in this episode. And then you can listen to them back and just keep applying. That's why we do thought exercises. I'm a real big on call to action. Yeah. Like what do I need to do now? Now that I'm super oversaturated and yeah. I'm like yeah. buzzing, what do I need to do? So uh, whatever you wanna leave with yeah. us, uh, the floor is yours, brother.
0: No, and, and I love exactly what you're saying about call to action because it's like, all right, yeah, you're inspired, but then now what? so one of the things that you know a lot of this theme the most the people who are going to identify with this the most are the ones who are trying to figure it out right maybe they're younger they're going into those years where they have to make big decisions for the first time maybe it's someone who's a little bit older and they're trying to make a big shift that is harder to make with kids you know wife a mortgage all those things but for the people that are even if you think you have it figured out one of the most important things i've ever done is is journal is right is take time to hit pause because there are so many of us who will sit here and and we like to do right, like we're habitual doers. You wake up, you gotta take care of the kids, you gotta do this, you gotta go to school, you gotta do whatever, and we feel good every time we're doing so much. And right, people are like, I'm busy, I'm this, I'm this, whatever. One of my favorite quotes um, from Jay Cole is, "The good news is you went a long way. The bad news is you went the wrong way." You know what I'm saying? And that hit me in my <laughs> yes, I know exactly. Soul. What you're that hit me in my soul it, yeah. because so many. And we're, we're busting ass, we're working, we're doing, we're doing, we're doing, and we're going in a direction that we don't wanna do. So one of the best things that I, I, I suggest people do with journaling is, is like, or not even with journaling, journaling is like one of the mediums, but it's take a pause and be intentional on the direction you're going, right? When you sit there and you're like, all right, let's think about my job. Why am I at this job? Is it because it's teaching me something? Is it because it's money? Is it be, figure out why you're at that job, because otherwise you're coasting. So, okay, I'm at this job because it's stable income. It's taking care of me and my family and it's giving me funds to go do the side hustle. Okay, cool. Like you got clarity on that. Why are you with the partner you're with? Why are you spending your time doing whatever? Like, what am I missing? Well, I'm always tired because I'm not eating right, because I'm not exercising. When you take a pause on your life and you start to set intentions or write down, what do I feel bad about? List it off. What are things i'm grateful for like just take time to stop and figure out where you're at where you're coming from where you're going so many times we don't do that um a a great mentor of mine barry schrock he he, he's great because he'd come into the office and just like leave this this lightning and then leave um i was eating like jimmy john's just minding my business he walks in and we chat for like a minute and he leaves and says remember aaron We always have a to-do list, but we don't have a to-be list. Make sure you have a to-be list every day. And he left. And I'm just like, whoa. (laughs) What what, what he was trying to say is like, we make lists of the things we want to do. Right? I need to do this. I got to go grocery shopping, whatever. But we don't make lists of things we want to be. Like, I want to be intentional today. I want to be kind today. I want to be an inspiration today. I want to be like, so taking the time to like reflect on your life, is so important right and you'll know like when you stop and think you'll know what you need to focus on it may be school maybe your family maybe whatever but um one of the things i was talking to my friend about last night is a few years ago after a really crazy time when Founders Park was blowing up um i went to an airbnb on this like 40 acre spot totally alone and i just spent the whole weekend just me by myself in nature what am i doing what's going on and i sat there at 28 and i just it gave me such clarity. And when I went back out into the world, I didn't feel bad because I knew why I was waking up in the morning. I knew why I was going to work. I knew why I was building this business. I centered myself as to where I'm going, where I came from and, and took some time to be like, congratulations, you've grown so much, you've done so much. And something that I know a lot in entrepreneurship and anyone who's like a high performer, we do not take the time to stop and say, look how far you've come. Mm-hmm. Look how far we've come. Mm-hmm. So whatever you need to do whatever you need to sit down and reflect on find peace every day give yourself 20 minutes where you're not answering the phone you're not like you are isolated no devices just one of these or whatever audio whatever doesn't matter but sit down and be like am i doing it right why am i doing it am i happy ask yourself these questions because otherwise you learn to be unhappy and just write out your life you get into a groove that is flying way below your potential. And if you never stop Mm. to ask yourself if you're at your highest or if you're heading in the direction you need to, that's where you end up, you know, 45, 50 in a marriage that doesn't suit you in a life that you don't want with mortgages you can't afford to pay. And you're like, man, I just wanted to be on a boat drawing pictures. You know what I'm saying? So taking the time every day, 15, 20 minutes, write down, ask questions, literally just pick it up and start writing and see where it takes you. And you're gonna uncover so many things of like i didn't know that was bothering me or now i understand why i'm feeling (laughs) this way take time to look inside and figure out what's going on in there whether it's a weekend retreat by yourself whether that's journaling whether that's going for a walk but find a little bit of time every day or once every once in a while to really make sure that if you're going a long way it's in the direction you want to go because it's going to be work either way might as well be work in the direction that you want it to be
1: yeah and your awareness Will bring into reality so many things. Yeah. And and that and that 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 goes to your point of just being and taking time to be aware just mm-hmm. so pivotal. Yeah. And
0: and you'll notice the difference because when I'm not doing it, I notice. I get into these weird emotions. I don't know what I'm feeling. I get lost. And then like you realize you're run down. I'm like, I'm in a rut. I'm exhausted. But it's because I'm not taking my my pulse that I get into those situations. If you were to be able to do that a little more frequently, you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I never realized I'm feeling a little bit tired. Now you can be proactive about it, but take time to understand yourself because every path, every growth, like you're gonna change, right? When you learn to do something better, when you're getting to the end of of your schooling, when you're, these transitional periods change who we are as people. And we can't be like, oh, I'm the same person I was five, 10 years ago. You're not. You're not, and you can't live back there. You have to say, what are my new needs? Or what are my expectations to my partner? How has our relationship changed? What do I need to do to make that relationship better? Who should I not be friends with anymore that I never stopped and asked myself? Oh, they're not on my vibe anymore. You know what I'm saying? Our friends change, our the people in our lives change, all these things change. And if you're still working you know, on a software update from like 10 years ago, you're not performing. So it's like do those software updates and say, Cool. I need to do this more. I need to do that less. That person I need to distance from. This person I need to get closer with. Take the time to like figure out what's in here, and then everything yeah. outside of that is just gonna make a lot more sense for you.
1: That's that's so huge. Mm-hmm. Taking that quiet time, taking that pause, taking that time to journal.
0: I call them um, bathroom moments. Like, have you ever like been at a party drinking or doing whatever, and you go into the bathroom and you look at yourself in the mirror, and you're just like yo we're in this you know like i have so many of those moments where like you're you're around a lot of people or there's a lot of stuff going on and you go into the bathroom and it's that moment of quiet you're in the bathroom you're alone you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like i'm here i'm doing it i'm on this earth and those moments for me are so pivotal because it gives you that perspective of like man i'm tripping over emails when i shouldn't be tripping over emails i got to go on that walk and go have a great time i need to unplug on sunday and spend time with my girl because you know, this is the love of my life. Why am I over here worried about like the kitchen isn't clean? It doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that perspective is so important. Otherwise we right. get tied in and all this stuff that just does not matter. Focus on what matters, focus on what you care about and know it's okay to change directions, but you're not gonna know any of that if you don't take time to reflect, if you don't take those bathroom moments and say, what are we doing here? You know, it's so easy to get taken by the current.
1: That's, that's, so, that's so good, man. That's so good. You all have gotten an incredible episode with Aaron Robles, um, CEO, founder, entrepreneur, prolific thinker, uh, immigrant, overachiever, achiever. I really appreciate you for being here, man. Oh, for sure, man. Major gems, brother. Yeah,
0: we got to keep talking because again, this is that energy exchange, man. I'm leaving this (laughs) too, you know. (laughs)
1: Man this is this is why I love podcasts this is why I love podcasting because you know and i've said this and i'll just continue to say it you know 16 year old 17 year old kid boy in gary indiana walking to and from the bus doing trying to figure it out mm-hmm. i needed this mm. i needed it so bad and it was nowhere to be found mm. and so i had to keep pushing and keep trying and doing things to eventually get to where i am today yeah and i don't think it's right for me to be here without Paving a path without leaving something else. 100%. And so um, it, it's, it's, it is just so rewarding um, because this gets to be out for free, man. Like, right. This is a legacy that we get to leave to other people so that they can learn and start to develop and get better so and that's what it takes man yeah yeah and for all those listening make sure you share this with somebody sow a seed whether it's sharing some information whether it's sharing a podcast something that inspired you sow a seed be an energetic symbol sow something don't just sit on great information do it so oh man For all of you all who are listening, thank you so much for being here. I cannot wait uh, to bring you another episode. Um, Aaron, where can people find you? How can they engage with you? What's the newest stuff you're doing? What should they do next? Because at this point, I'm sure they're like, this guy, I got to follow this guy. Yeah,
0: well, you know, I am super accessible. Um, I'm Aaron Robles on everything, Instagram, Facebook. I mean, I engage. I always tell people, look, man, if you reach out and you want some time with me, I'll give it to you because most people don't ask and most people aren't about it. But I'm always trying to share everything. Um, same thing with my with my company, uh, founder Spark. Um, You can find us everywhere and the biggest thing we have going on right now is our own show that has a podcast um, called Hearts of the Hustle. Um, we just launched season two. So we're in the making of that. Um, but it's going to be on Spotify and Apple it's live. Now the first episode we will have episode two dropping soon. And then it's on silver Birch, um, studios, YouTube page. So they can find all of that on my profile. They can find all of that on founder spark, but whether you want to watch the interview or listen, it's very much on the same line of like what we're talking about, I'm interviewing people. I'm like, Hey you built this how did you build it what were your failures and how did you get get over that and there's people who talk about their early traumas there's people who talk about what their mindset was and how they had to fix it so it's very much on the raw and honest side of like this is entrepreneurship it's it's messy and it doesn't look good but you're not alone and here's what they did If, if they can cut and i can cut a few years of suffering from you and help you climb a little bit faster That's what we're trying to do so exactly what you're doing here we're trying to do over there with the scope of entrepreneurship so anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur is an entrepreneur um, come connect meet listen and you know don't feel alone
1: that's amazing that's amazing All right, this is Aaron Robles. You guys can click the link in the show notes to follow the work that he's doing, connect with him. Uh, I want you to do me a favor and I want you to write a review in the comments where you're listening to this episode. And I want you to say, thank you, Aaron. This was amazing. Hey man, Um, anytime. Because it is, it's awesome. So, all right, y'all, we're out of here. We'll see you again in another episode. Until then, I will talk to you. Peace. thanks for listening to empower you podcast don't forget to rate and review this episode because we would love to hear your takeaways from this discussion and it helps us reach more listeners just like you if you'd like daily audio video clips from the podcast you can find empower you podcast on facebook instagram and youtube thanks for listening i'll talk to you soon